0: R.B.M. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It is the Martin Luther King holiday. Having said that, markets are closed. So if you've made the trip to your mailbox or haven't done so yet, don't go. Because there is no mail delivery as well today. It makes up for a quiet reflection type of day, shall we say, when we look at what happens um, in these markets after the whirlwind craziness of last week and the roller coaster we've been on so far in 2022. We're going to kind of take a look at where we're headed uh, moving forward within this trade. Also, we'll look at weather in South America, what's going on with these weed issues in Kansas and Oklahoma, and a lot of things happening on the cattle front as well. Joining us this afternoon, Mike Susalo. He's with Global Commodity Analytics. And, And happy holiday to you, Mike. Even though it is a holiday, you're in your office working. A great time to reflect on what we're seeing in these markets.
1: Yes, I'm very thankful you called today, and we did this today because it gets me out of tax preparation. So I'll have to push that off to another day. But I'm very happy about that, Susan.
0: Glad I could help. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are we seeing? I mean, the trade is off today. There's there's no trade, but having said that, it gives us a three day weekend off of last week's reports and a roller coaster ride. What can we expect, or what are your feelings coming into Tuesday's trade?
1: Yeah, the, the big things that I think that the trade's going to focus on, and there's no particular order, I guess, in, in this list, but the top five things that I have on my list coming back from a holiday, and especially a three-day holiday where the trade kind of is, is getting some weather under its belt, is that South American weather. And, and second thing would be the export demand numbers this week, both export inspections and also export sales in light of uh, the South American crop being lower do we start to see some movement from asian customers uh from south american purchases over to the united states uh third thing would be commitment of traders report this is especially important for the wheat we can delve down into if you like uh, in a minute and then the fourth thing would be russia and the energy linkage i don't think it's um hard to say to in my mind susan that with crude oil trading just under $85 a barrel as we are trading that a little bit on uh, on monday uh, and that being a new 2022 high, we're less than a dollar away from the October of last year high, which was a seven-year high. So that energy market, in part thanks to Russia and the geopolitical tensions that we're facing right now with them, uh, is really underpinning us. And then I think that will be a very key point. Uh, because we still don't know what exactly is going to happen between Ukraine and Russia. Fifth thing, this really comes into the meat markets, rising wholesale meat prices. I think those should be translating into higher packer bids um, especially if the labor pool is coming back from the omicron virus and so i'd be looking for the wholesale meat prices especially the big jump in hams and and to a lesser degree the 80 percent ground beef uh, prices those those prices have really uh, increased since the end of the year last year and uh, we haven't seen that really translate yet into the uh into the meat market and that's mainly because of the fact that we haven't seen much packer demand come in so these are the big things that I'll be watching
0: Lots of things that we're looking at let's let's dive into the weather in South America I know that they're saying over the next you know six or so days left on that forecast that they might be seeing some much needed precipitation in some of those drier areas
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair statement from what I've gotten this morning from contacts and news reports down there that that are running, uh, even though it's a holiday, is that Argentina uh, has essentially been saved. Uh, Literally, the crop has been saved at this point, and there's supposed to be some more rains following up in the Pampas region, Santa Fe area, very, very critical for the corn. So I would say better for Argentina and probably still too wet for northern Brazil as that area is trying to get their beans out and get their second crop corn in. So I would give South America weather a split decision coming into Monday night's trade, but I would say with Argentina's weather being um, supportive of maybe some profit-taking, than these other factors that we talked about, like the energy, like the wheat market, like the export demand, they play a bigger role, and I think that's how I would look at it. I think it's really key point here, Susan, for the 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 grain marketer, the the farmer out there that's looking at the soybean prices at thirteen dollars in new crop futures. That soybean showed us at the end of 2021, and again after the January reports here, not too long ago that it's going to be difficult to take out major resistance levels uh, without the help of the grains and or a weakening U.S. dollar. So I think that continues to play a big role. And if you want higher prices than what we've seen in January for the soybean market, and we're getting a little bit better weather, you're going to need wheat and corn to come on board here. And that's kind of how I'm playing it.
0: So could this Safrina crop be at a disadvantage knowing the weather it's been dealt up to this point?
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. If you look at my estimates, I'm a lot lower in Brazilian corn than USDA at this point, and it's because I'm not assuming that we're going to have 115 million metric ton crop because I'm not assuming that the second crop, Safrina corn, is going to come in here and save the day. Uh, in fact, I think it's more likely than not with the precip totals they've had in some of these key second crop areas, not just Mato Grosso, which is the big guy on the block with the Safrina crop, but also Parana and, uh, and other areas areas like bahia uh, these are areas that you know need to get their house in order and get planted or it's going to be late plantings and then they're going to have the potential for having a similar argentine weather pattern where it could get up to 100 degrees very very quickly in about a month
0: well quickly start diving into this and finish in the second half But the wheat market we did have a listener that's wondering what are you hearing from folks in kansas as to the struggles this winter wheat has had this year
1: Yeah, they're still saying to me that we're going to lose some acres, and it's either going to be planted or harvested acres, depending on whether Mother Nature deals them a better hand of rainfall. But the 16-day map model right now says no significant precip for the hard red wheat belt. So between that and the fact that the funds now have their biggest net short in the wheat since July of 2020, I'm really looking for the wheat as we close out January to become a leader to the upside because of the, uh, because of the weather, Susan. So a 45-bushel national yield is top end for me at this stage, and that means we can't really do much better than a 630 or 650 million carryover uh, for the U.S. crop ending stocks number.
0: All right. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up. We're going to talk a little bit more wheat from a global perspective and some of the other things that are on the bucket list for this week coming from Mike Souselot. Stick around. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network.
1: Talk to any of your local Fontenelle hybrids dealers, and they're going to tell you performance is one of the keys to their success. Here's Chris Ross, a dealer near Plattsmouth, Nebraska. A lot of the guys that I work with, I have sold seed to their fathers and their grandfathers, so it goes back many years. I think when a grower calls me and says that he's getting the best yields that he's ever gotten on a farm, uh, it really is a very rewarding experience. It makes you feel really good about the product. For more, just go to fontanelle.rvf.
0: Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing the conversation this afternoon with Mike Zuzlo. He's with Global Commodity Analytics. And, of course, markets are closed today. They will reopen this evening to head into that overnight trade. But having said that, we kind of left off talking about uh, this wheat crop and the struggle that we're hearing both out of Kansas and we know Oklahoma as well. From a global perspective, Mike, what does all of this mean to the global market trade for wheat?
1: Well, one of the reasons I think we've been so disappointed with the wheat price action uh, in the last couple Three weeks uh, and, and it's been the leader to the downside and we've seen that soft red wheat uh, corn spread really correct dramatically and you know actually go below 150 at times a dollar fifty in the soft red minus the corn Susan is because the demand side of the equation has not been there for the United States and that I think is in large part to the because of Argentina coming in and getting some extra export business they were actually on the list this past week for a big tender with either Tunisia or Algeria I can't remember which one it was, but I was shocked to see that Argentina probably got 50 or 60,000 metric tons of business into the Middle East. And that just shows you that Argentina, Australia came back online right when we were probably getting ready to get some business away from Russia because their export prices with that export tax being so high now has been a big issue for them. And so I think we're back into the revolution or that cycle where we have to wait for some of these other countries to run out of exportable supplies or inflationary pressures come in and make them not want to sell as much into the export market, keep their domestic prices down by not letting as much into the export market, keeping more at home. This goes back to the U.S. dollar. This goes back to the managed money funds. These investment people, I think, really look at the demand a lot more than they do the the supply and the weather side of the equation. So I think this is a real valuable point that we've learned over the last five or ten years when it comes to the managed money and the, those that like to be both long and short, they really are demand bulls when it comes right down to it. If you're going to see a market uh, stay strong instead of take big, big dr- drop, uh, uh, price drops like we've seen.
0: As tensions uh, continue to build with Russia, um, folks talking about what's going to happen post-Olympics next month with China, how does agriculture react? How do we prepare for what could happen as we continue to hear so much talk about what's expected to happen?
1: Yeah, I think you asked me this about a month or two ago, and I'm really glad you keep on this because you're one of the few people that really do that. And this is going to be the big deal. If you're going to have really good prices in 2022, it's either going to be because the Federal Reserve backs away from a big interest rate hike a mindset or china comes on board with a lot more demand because they either have a supply issue or they've let their economy heat up too much well the good news that i see right now is they're possibly going to try and let their economy heat up too much why because there's zero COVID policy and this zero-tolerance policy has slowed them down so much, they're increasing their, uh, they're cutting their interest rates and increasing their monetary easing at a time when the U.S. is raising their interest rates. Well, that keeps their currency under pressure, keeps them as an export market, but it also allows them to uh, let inflation in, and commodity inflation in particular. And they just cut their lending interest rate again Sunday night, and I think it's the third-rate cut. Uh, that they put in place in the last three months or so. So they are likely, I think, to be a strong demand pull when it comes to the commodity side of the equation because they're trying to stimulate their economy. And I think we'll know a lot more by March, April as to whether that's going to be an issue or not. But I'm more optimistic because their zero policy towards COVID has actually forced them into more monetary easing, which should be commodity friendly. Let's
0: look at the cattle market. What are are your kind of bullet points, some things that you are seeing within this market that we need to watch after we've seen the trade of last week.
1: I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this. We saw in the USDA report, the January report we just received, that they put in a beef production number for 2022 of 27.1 billion pounds. Back in October, it was 26.99. So they're barely increasing the in uh, the the beef production hardly at all versus four or five months ago, Susan, yet their price for the average steers has gone from one hundred and twenty nine dollars back in October to one hundred and thirty seven dollars this month that 's a change of over six percent in four months on barely any supply increase and really i looked at the exports they're barely changed since october this all comes back to per capita consumption they've taken the per capita consumption from 56.8 pounds up to 57.4 what am i getting at well with eighty percent ground beef prices rallying with ham prices rallying sharply and we've gone from fifty three dollars to seventy two dollars since the beginning of the year we should start to see more of a, a demand-based build from the packers here and I think the marketing's numbers, the slaughter numbers this past week were not nearly as uh, backed up as we thought. Because Today.
0: What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Mike?
1: Best way is to go to globalcomresearch.com and I'm ge- I've moved the January 24th seminar here in Atchison to uh, February 24th. So if you're in the Nebraska-Kansas area, you know just across the border in Northeast Kansas, please go to the website and check out that uh, seminar. We'd love to have you. It's free. There's going to be a beef dinner there. Going to have a couple guest speakers along with myself. So globalcomresearch.com is a place to find that.
0: All right, just a reminder: commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's a Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the world.